Hey, it's Cole. Welcome to this week's episode of the Entrepreneur Podcast, where every week we talk about how you can bring your creative dreams to life. This week, talking about how you can bring those creative dreams to life alongside other people in the context of collaboration. We've talked about several times on the podcast how we as individuals can only ever create something that as big as we are. But when we work alongside of other people, we actually are able to accomplish exponentially more than what we could ever create on our own. So why collaborate? Well, I think in large part, you're going to have a better time doing it. And you're going to create some stronger work along the way by working alongside of other people who are really great at what they do. And that's how great collaborations work. What you'll find is great collaborations are built on really strong people who are bringing their best contribution. And ultimately, that stronger whole is a result of those strong parts that you bring to the collaborative table. And it results in that exponential effectiveness. The outcome, the work that we're producing will be more refined, more effective, more creative, more divergent and diverse. And I think those things ultimately create stronger creative work. So some of the keys to collaborative success, one, two, three, four, five of them we're going to talk about today. First of all, what I don't want you to do is to crash and burn. What I don't want you to do is have a shouting match about who's doing what and who isn't doing what and who is carrying their weight. This isn't about those awful stories we have from high school or college where we were in a group project and felt like we ended up doing all of the work. And chances are, if you are listening to this podcast and you're seeking out information on how to be a better artist, you're likely to be somebody who is ambitious and on their way to achieving great things. And I think that's really important for you to start out by recognizing. You probably have a tendency to take on a lot. So when you're looking for collaborative partners, make sure you are looking for people who are like you, people who are going to be ambitious, people who are going to pull their weight, people who are going to participate in the process, and hopefully people who are emotionally and mentally mature so that you can avoid some of those relational pitfalls along the way. So how can we do that in practical ways? One, clearly define the responsibilities. Who needs to do what? And don't just talk about it. Make sure that you're writing it down because you're going to reference it along the way pretty regularly. The second thing that we can do that's a key to collaborative success is let the experts be experts. This is a process of your own self-discovery, understanding what you're good at and what you're not good at. And it's also a process of discovering that same thing about other people that you're entering into collaborative relationships with. What do they say their strengths are? What do they say they're bringing to the table? And then what does their history and your experience say about their ability to accurately assess those things. There is a theory called the Dunning-Kruger effect that speaks directly to this. And essentially the big idea of the Dunning-Kruger effect is that low ability people do not possess the skills needed to recognize their own incompetence. 
That's why you see a lot of armchair warriors on the internet these days talking about how they think they know more than people who have been studying medicine for 30, 40, 50 years. They think because they watched a couple YouTube videos, they're suddenly medical experts. Why do they think that? The Dunning-Kruger effect explains it. The fact that low-ability people do not possess the skills needed to recognize their own incompetence. They don't know enough to know how much they don't know. That is true for us. That's why we should always navigate the world with a level of humility. That's true for the people that we will potentially be collaborating alongside of. There is kind of one step deeper to this, another study, where uh, they talk about the four levels of competence or incompetence. Uh, I've experienced this in my own life. Uh, I have been more and more increasingly invested and surrounded by people in the development world, whether they're building a large shopping center or a residential community. I've entered into this environment, and when I entered into it, I knew absolutely nothing. In fact, I knew so little about this industry that I didn't even know what I didn't know. And I walked into the room for the first time for one of these design team meetings, and there was a lot of jargon flying around that I didn't know anything about what it meant. There were other people, professionals in the room, and I didn't even know what their job was. And at the end of that meeting, I went from the first level of incompetence to the second. So let me talk about these four levels of incompetence. First, there is unconscious incompetence. That is us not knowing what we do not know. Basically, that is ignorance. And when I walked into these developer meetings for the first time, I walked in not even knowing what I didn't know. I didn't know what a landscape architect was or what they did. I didn't necessarily know what a civil engineer does, even though I had heard the term in lots of, op lots of spaces in my life. I didn't necessarily know all that an architect does and does not do. I didn't know what I didn't know. But by the end of the first meeting, and certainly after the first five or six of them, I moved into the second stage of incompetence, which is conscious incompetence, or more basically, awareness. I now knew some of what I didn't know, and that gave me a more robust understanding of my incompetence. I was aware that I didn't know. Now we move into the second phase. These next two things are about competence, conscious competence. So we're beginning to learn, and that's kind of the basic idea of this third stage. We're beginning to learn in this field of study or in this area, and now we're coming to the point where we have conscious competence. We're beginning to understand what we do know, but we know enough to recognize that we are not experts. And lastly is unconscious competence, or mastery is kind of the basic understanding of this word. Unconscious competence is the place where we are so proficient in a field that it becomes second nature for us to operate in that task. And all of us around everything, every field in the world are at some level of these four stages of incompetence slash competence. Either we don't know what we don't know or we're aware of what we don't know or we're learning and we do know what we don't know, or we are so aware of this field and we've done it so much that we operate in a flow state and we don't even have to think about it. Now, 
We can't always work alongside of people like that. And in fact, we are not people like that. We do not always operate in unconscious competence or mastery of a particular thing. But that's what we're working on here. That's what we are working toward. And ultimately, those are the kinds of people that we want to be in our lives and in our collaborations. And those are the kinds of people we should be looking for when it comes to collaboration. And all of this will grow over time. When we are in a place of conscious incompetence where we're aware of what we don't know, it's really great to bring in people that we think know more than we do. And we will kind of evolve in this space over time as we continue to grow in our own craft. Now, the third thing that we can do that is a key to collaborative success is to schedule regular check-ins. So, avoid having to have awkward conversations by scheduling regular conversations. If you have a weekly meeting, let's say every Tuesday we're going to get together and have a conversation about what we did the prior week and then have another conversation about what we need to do around this particular project coming up. That gives us a planned opportunity to have conversations about how the project is going. And what are we going to use to guide us in that meeting? We're going to use the list that we wrote down in step one, clearly defining our responsibilities. Abilities. That's why I encourage you to write it down, because when we come to these weekly meetings, we can reference this list to say, okay, from the beginning, we had a mutual understanding that I was going to do these things. Here is an update on each of these bullet points that we wrote down when we started this project. Now, tell me, as you look at your bullet points, where are you in each of these phases? And what it does is it gives us a structured context to have conversations about how the project is doing and how each of us is performing. Not only that, it is an expectation that we will be talking about those things. And so it leads to greater personal accountability. When I know that I'm going to have to answer some of those questions and give a report on my bullet points next Tuesday, on Thursday, I'm going to be looking at that list and asking myself, how am I doing with this? Is there anything that I need to accomplish before next Tuesday? And so it helps keep people individually accountable. It helps us uh, raise healthy accountability in the group context, and ultimately it keeps the project moving forward. The fourth thing we can do that is a key to collaborative success is to balance grace and accountability. Ultimately, all of us at some point will mess up and we will be either unintentionally or intentionally negligent on the things that we're supposed to be doing. Do the work as an individual to perceive when something is a mistake and when it is negligence. And then begin to recognize those things as a pattern. Because when we recognize those things as a pattern, it gives us a deeper understanding of how we can deal with those things and move toward a better solution. Is this person constantly dropping the ball on purpose? Or is there some circumstance in their life that is that is preventing them from doing that? And is there anything that I can do in the process to help them improve when it comes to accomplishing the things that we've all mutually agreed to accomplish? Believe the best in people. Believe the best in your collaborators and start from a foundation of trust. And when we come into these conversations about accountability, balance grace with that accountability. And lastly, 
learn what you need and collaborative partners along the way. This hypothetical collaboration that we're talking about right now is an opportunity for you to get better at making decisions about collaboration. The question that you need to be asking through a collaborative project is not, will I do another collaboration? Because you must do another collaboration. If you're going to move forward, if you're going to grow the thing that is that you're dreaming about, collaboration will be essential. There is not an option. The question is not, will I do another collaboration? The important question is, what makes a great collaborative partner for me? What are the things that I need in a collaborative partner? And that is the opportunity to grow. Each of our collaborations is like going on a date. We go on that date. It's either a good date or not a great date. If it's not a great date, we probably don't do another one. If it is, we do. But regardless of whether or not it turns into a long relationship, we're learning things about what we need from partners in our lives. The same is true for every collaboration that we do. It's an opportunity for us to refine our understanding of what makes a great collaborative partner for us. So again, collaboration, super important. Going to allow you to make work that's way bigger and honestly better than you are. But in order to do it successfully, clearly define the responsibilities up front. Let the experts do the things that they are experts in and free them to do it. Schedule regular check-ins and in those check-ins, balance grace and accountability. And lastly, use it as an opportunity to learn what it is that you need in a collaborative partner. As always, thanks so much for hanging out. It's always an incredible time with you. And in fact, this whole episode on collaboration is to announce that this will now become a collaborative effort. My friend Adam Sliger and I will now be creating the Entrepreneur Podcast together. So you'll be hearing from both of us starting next week. Until then, would love to hear from you on Instagram at Cole Neesmith, C-O-L-E-N-E-S-M-I-T-H. And of course, follow at Entrepreneur Podcast. See you next week.